Blog Talk Radio.
kept us unstained. These young people are crying out for the And so we that supposed to be adults, but more importantly, we that supposed to be believers, what are we doing about it? This is a cry for help in their own ways. And so it's our responsibility to be prayerful, discern, and also asking God to help us to be aware and look at these as opportunities for us to reach and give them the help that is needed. Now, understand that a lot of these, like I said, some of them are searching. They're searching for their identity. They're searching for their purpose. But also, they're searching for their value. You know, I was, um, I watch, I watch some things. Sometimes I may look and see snippets on uh, uh, television or Facebook or whatever, and I see these entertainers. And this one entertainer, it was a young lady. She's known, young girl. She's known, and she was asked about um, someone made a pass at her. And this person was of the same sex, not opposite sex, same sex. And so this person asked her, um, do you like me? Uh, what was, I'm trying to think of the, the correct terminology that was asked. But yeah, do you like me? She said, well, I like what I like. And pretty much after that, that female, that entertainer said, yes, I will F you to another female. And I'm like, and we put these entertainers on the pedestal and not realizing these these young people are gravitating to these people. You know, is there an example? Is there an example that we can look at this on TV that we can look at our children and say, you know what, that's a great role model. Other than ourselves, this is a person, you know what, if they can do it, you can do it. Right now, the going thing, just about everybody want to be a Kardashian. You know, how she became famous, how Kim became famous. And now it's like there are some that are trying to follow that pattern of making sex tapes and all this stuff. They're just about selling their soul and selling their body just to get some type of attention, to be acknowledged, to get some type of recognition. That's not healthy. That's not promoting your value. Ladies, young girls, that's not promoting your value. So understand that there are some that are searching for their purpose, searching their identity, searching their value. But if you look at it, let's look at some of the things that some of the young people are dealing with that may have tarnished their identity, tarnished their value in their side, in their eyesight. Now we as adults, we can see we can see things totally different. We can see truth. But we have to look at how they're perceiving things. How are these people perceiving things? How are these young people perceiving things? First thing that hit me, some of these young people, I call them, some children are dealing with their children, excuse me, their parents' problems. Some of these children are dealing with their 
parents' problems and fighting each other, kids can't even handle their own problems. What do I mean? We as adults, first of all, the blame and the shift first and the focus has to first be on us. What are we displaying to our children? Now, a lot of the children, they are dealing with mom and daddy fighting, mom and daddy arguing, mom and daddy talking about each other in front of the kids. Hmm. Yet, even while the children are seeing the parents fighting amongst each other, the kids have a hard enough time barely even trying to handle their own situation. It's funny where the mama is talking about the daddy in front of the children. But also the daddy is speaking about the mama in front of the children. Not understanding when the child don't see mama respecting daddy or daddy respecting mama. That doesn't mean that y'all have to get along. But for the sake of the children, you need to play at least play nice in front of the children. Understand that we need to respect the children's parents in front of them. Now, y'all may say whatever and do whatever behind closed doors. Number one, as long as it's healthy, no physical abuse. We don't we don't condone that on here. But oftentimes these young people, they're seeing mama talking about daddy, dragging daddy's name under the mud, and then daddy dragging mama name under the mud not just in the mud, under the mud, and then all of a sudden not realizing even when the even when one parent is trying to buy that child, trying to make that child choose side, understand that child had no choice of who their parents were. So why in the world would you discount or discredit that child's parent, that child's other parent. Now, I'm going to say it like this, being wrong. Hey, nobody made you sleep with them. At least at one point, that, at least y'all got along at one point, and that was to be able to have sex, regardless if the baby was planned or not. But in spite of, we still got to respect. And I know some people, well, respect got to be earned. Respect, respect don't have to be earned. Trust has to be earned. Respect is given for free. We have to be able to do things right. And get this, even if that person does not respect you, us as adults, it's still our responsibility to give respect. Not because of the person, but because of the title. You may not respect, look, you may not respect your ex-husband, or you may not respect your ex-wife, but you gotta respect your children's mother. You gotta respect your children's father. Even if, even if they might have been a horrible husband, they might have been a horrible boyfriend, they might have been a horrible wife, they might have been a horrible girlfriend. But even if they were a horrible uh, towards you, they might have been a good father or a good mother. So what we have to do, we have to be mature enough to take the bitterness out of the relationship that we have as co-parents for the sake of your children, because ultimately it's going to affect your children. It's going to affect them. So that's why we have to look at the bigger picture. And like I said, 
this is not talking about abuse. This is not talking about abuse. Anytime there is abuse involved, and hey, look here, you got to get the authorities involved in it. So I have to put that. I have to put that disclaimer out there. Anytime there's abuse, get the authorities involved. So, like I said, even if their parent, even if their co-parent might not have been the, the best spouse, but as long as they were active and involved or even trying to be involved in that child's life, and then especially they're not, they're not trying to harm the child, your child from seeing their mother. Don't stop their child from seeing their father. And especially, like I say, especially if they're doing the right thing, especially if they're doing the right thing. If they're doing the right thing, then awesome. Now, the other thing we have to look at, we as adults, we have to stop getting our children involved in our adult situation. Now, I mentioned earlier about, you know, us talking about uh, the co-parent in front of the children, disrespecting them in front of the children, all this stuff. Oh, your daddy ain't nothing. He's just a sperm donor. Now, I've heard a lot of bitter women that said that. But also, even, you know, some guys, oh, man, your mama, man, she's a thought and all that. Man, look here. That's that. That's your child's mother. That's your child's father. And not realizing when you talk about your child's father, when you talk about your child's mother, you're talking about part of your children. But also, if you're gonna down them, you have to down yourself too because you want to slept with them. That's being real. So we have to. Start being more mature and more and being more responsible in what we say, especially in front of our children. So, like I said, we have to start being more of an adult and stop including our children in adult situations. I remember growing up, whenever adults were around, the kids were sent to their room or sent outside. There were some conversations that the kids were not privy to. But now, shoot, people be talking in front of the kids and all this stuff, talking and sometimes drinking and smoking. And what happens? They get relaxed and they start saying everything and not realizing that child standing right there listening to everything. And so what happens is, that child end up losing some respect. We have not set healthy boundaries. And sometimes these kids feel like, well, you know, they feel like they are entitled to be in conversations with uh, they're supposed to be adults only. So, no, we got to cut that out. We have to cut that out. We have to be more responsible as parents, as adults. We have to be more responsible. But also... We as adults and we as parents, we have to stop. We have to stop giving. We have to stop giving all of this, if you want to say, free mess, free garbage. We have to start sending a healthy 
boundaries. We have to set a healthy boundaries. Also, we have to start giving structure and teaching morals and ethics. Like I said, if you look at our culture, I remember, and like I said, this is so much reminiscing, and I understand uh, this this has to this had to wake me up years ago. I understand everybody did not grow up like me. Everybody did not grow up like each other. Sometimes we would assume because this person is an adult, they would know. But how foolish are we for us to expect for them to be able to have some type of knowledge or skill on something when we don't even know them? We don't know them. And this is an adult. So what we have to do, we have to stop assuming and start asking questions. In other words, we got to start being inquisitive. And so with that, we have to start giving structure, have to start teaching morals and ethics to our children. If you look at what's going on on TV right now, there are some things that are on TV now that back in the day it was not allowed. There are some languages. There are some content that it looks like, look, some of this stuff is on national television, but back in the day, it would have been on uh, a pay-per-view. There are some things where they are pushing the envelope of morality. Our culture is, um, our culture is just changing. They, they're saying that every five years, culture changes. And so what we have to understand that these things, we have to be responsible. We have to be responsible as adults. We have to be responsible in what we are allowing in our home. If we teach our children, especially when they're young, we have to teach them what's right, what's wrong. You know, once we teach them and we live the life in front of them, we have to live it in front of them. I'm going to explain about that later on. But we have to leave it in front of them and make sure that we're doing what we're supposed to, not just pertaining to socially, but most importantly, spiritually and biblically. We have to do the right things and also understand that these children are a gift from God. And so we have to understand, even though these are our children, but ultimately we're supposed to be raising them to become someone's spouse. So right now, like my son, my son is 16. Right now, he's in my care, in my custody for right now until he turns 18. Now, once he graduates high school and everything, of course, I'm always be there. I'm always be daddy. His mom is always going to be there. But based upon where he is in his life, if he needs assistance, we're going to help him even if he is 19. But let's just say, for example, once you turn 18, well, you're 18, you're on your own. Okay, eight on paper, by age, he may be, quote, unquote, mature, just on paper. But socially or emotionally, but most importantly, spiritually, he may not. He may, he may not. So it would be foolish for me to push him out when he's not prepared. And so many times, we have not prepared our children for life. Let's be honest. Some of us, we have not prepared our children for life and godly living. So that's why it's so important for us 
to examine what are we teaching if we're teaching our children anything. We have to be biblically responsible because God is holding us accountable because understanding that even though God has allowed us to give birth to our children or the children come from us on the physical realm, but understand these are God's children. And God has given us the authority and the responsibility of raising his children. Also, these kids that we have given birth to, eventually, as long as we are raising them up to be somebody's spouse, a future husband or future wife, understanding it, we're probably going to be expecting them to take care of us. So if we have pushed them away, if we have neglected them, and we're not teaching them how to care, then when we need care, then what they're going to give us? They're going to give us exactly what we have instilled in them. And that's nothing. Let's <laughs> be honest. So understanding what you have invested into your children, the return will come back. If we, if we invest properly, if we invest godly, we have to recognize that our children are expecting the parents to invest into them, which leads me to this. Understanding that our children, the Bible tells us that raise a child in the way that they should go. And that way, when they grow old, they will not depart. Now, that's, of course, talking about instilling godly principles, introducing them to Christ and all that stuff. But also, it means for us to take personal interest in the things that are interests of our children. See, each child is different. Now, I have one son, but in my parents' home, I was one of five. I'm the third of five. And each five of us are totally different. <laughs> each five of us are totally different. Look here. Um, me, out of all of them, I'm the one I really don't like to talk. I really don't like to say. I, I love to listen. I love to laugh. But being on camera, I feel more comfortable. So when the camera's off, I may not say anything. <laughs> but now, because I feel the responsibility of talking and communicating, number one, whatever the Lord lay upon my heart, this is what God is sharing with me to give to you. But one, God is getting speaking, I'm done. But also, it's God that has given me the strength, the courage, and the ability to speak to the to the people. But when I'm off the camera, when I'm by myself, hey, y'all may see me in the corner playing an instrument or, or whatever. And so with that, I know, like I said, each one of my siblings, you know, um, my sister my sister was the one I was closest to, not just in age, but in personality. She was my Lucy, and I was her Charlie Brown. You know, she was the one that was the spokesperson. She was the one I would put out in the front, even though She's a year, almost a year younger than me. I found out last week the terminology Irish twins. That means that when you 
you have two siblings that are less than 12 months apart. So that was my sister and I. We were Irish twins. I would have her in the front of her to speak. And then me, and I stand the thing. I was, my sister was like Morris Day, and I was like Jerome. I was like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so my oldest brother, he's the leader. He's the the manager of, of he was manager of various uh, fast foods and restaurants and stuff. You know, he had the people skills. He was, you know, he had the managing skills, you know, my second brother, he was the go-getter. He was the, you know, he had his own relationship with me versus each one of each one of my other siblings. And then, of course, my sister and then my baby brother. My baby brother, um, my relationship with him was different than my other brother because my baby brother, I looked at him as my responsibility to nurture the mentor and all that stuff, even though he towers over me. So with that being said, each child is different. And so my parents have to learn each one of us and can't can't raise us all the same. For example, if all of us get ready to get in trouble, one child, all you have to do is tell them, don't you do that, and they, hey, they wouldn't do it. Then there are other ones that you have to beat the brakes off of them. <laughs> not that not, they're just a figure of speech. There are some children you can talk to as discipline. There are others you have to for the child, you have to get a belt and get them. Well, every child does not require the same discipline. So that's why it's important for us to understand each child, each child personality, each child communication skills. So with that, it's so important for each and every person to understand they're a child. Like I said, each child is different. So with that, understand that even pertaining to the morals and the ethics, like I said, the TV shows and the music, I remember growing up, you know, we would listen to the Earth, Wind, and Fire, Let's Groove in September, uh, also, I'm, I was an old soul. They always call me an old soul. I would listen to Jim Croce, Operator. I would listen to um, Crosby, Stills, and Nash. I, I not only listened to the blacks, the black music, what they were called, called the black music, the, uh, the soul music, but I love country. I love soft rock. I love all these varieties of people and individuals, and even old school. I love Elvis. I love uh, Lloyd Price, Personality, Stagger Lee, all these songs. And so with that, they talk about little old, one of my favorite songs, The Four Seasons, uh, Frankie Valley. My Eyes Adore You. That was during his solo act. My Eyes Adore You. You know, all these songs talk about love. But now, oh, my gosh, some of these music now, they ain't talking about love. They're talking about lust. They don't leave anything to the imagination. They talk about some of the opening lyrics. You know, I pulled a train on you. Me and my friends put a train on you and all this. I mean, just vulgar stuff. I mean, just don't leave anything to the imagination. You know, 
also, if you look at it, look at back in the day, you look at how the young people dressed back in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Some of the young people, they dressed. They, they, they had on suits. These are young kids, had on suits, had on hats. Why? Because they were mannequins who they saw. But now, the young people are not mimicking who they saw. The older people are mimicking the younger people. Some of these people are trying to relive their youthfulness. Some of these people, they're trying to be a cougar. All these things. So there's a disconnect. Matter of fact, I was looking at even the civil rights movement. With some of these young people, they were, like I said, they were dressed. You know, it wasn't uncommon to see a little boy with a three-piece suit on. Like I said, growing up, oh, we had suits, you know. Um, but now you very rarely see young people dressed up, especially young boys dressed up. I remember growing up, you know, the ladies had stockings and all this stuff. They, they, dressed, they dressed as a lady. They didn't reveal all these things. They didn't reveal, you know, all their body parts. There was no need. Why? Because they wanted you to know what's on their mind, not their behind. And so young ladies right now, they may feel like in today's time, they may feel like they have to advertise their body. But one of the things I'm a firm believer in, you're going to always advertise your best assets. So it's either going to be your body or your mind. But you can't show off your body and expect a guy to know your mind. No. Even looking at the music, some of these young ladies, they are skillful singers, but they have naked on stage. But yet and still, yet and still. And I know some people, well, that's their body. Yeah, that is true. That is their body. But also, I want to respect you. I want to know you. Ladies, men, real men, want to know you from here and here. Guys, guys, we don't need to see your behind. Put your pants up. One of the things I always say, men, if your pants have a loop, you need to wear a belt. That's, that's one of my... Saying, I've always said, we're a firm believer in that. And so what we want to do, we want to, we want to reach out. And this is not to ridicule the young people. This is to help. This is to bring an awareness because my heart hurts for the next future if we as adults don't reach out to our young people to let them know that they are valuable for them to understand that it's more to them than being out there in the streets. Like I said, those that know me, I work in the jailhouse. This coming January, it'll be 29 years I've been working in the jailhouse. I'm tired of seeing my young people in jail. One thing, I, I always said this for many years. The reason why I take the time to speak to a lot of the young people, regardless if it's in the jail, and I, I'm not going to dip it out of my job, though, but if it's in the jail, I may... First of all, it don't cost me anything to be nice, to be courteous. And even when it's somebody that's younger than me, I always call them Mr. 
because I want them to get, I want them to get in their head. It's more than them just being a bookend number. They are somebody's sons. They're younger to be my sons. Some of them younger to be my grandsons. But the reason why I talk to them the way I do, because one of them may be at my doorstep asking for my daughter's hand in marriage, or one of them may be that guy that introduced my son to his wife. So when I see somebody, when I see somebody, they may be the result of somebody praying for them. Or God may have put me in their path for me not just to talk to them, for me to listen to them. But also the most important thing is from what I'm seeing, a lot of young people, they need an example. Let's be honest. And we as adults, we have dropped the ball. I'm not saying everybody. I'm just saying some of us. Some of us may have dropped the ball. Some of us as adults may have dropped the ball in raising and teaching and mentoring, most importantly, in loving our youth. So what do we do? What do we do? One of the things I was saying also, um, this music, this TV shows, all the movies, is not mentally, it's not emotionally, nor is not spiritually edifying. We have to understand what we listen to, it affects here. I have never, I've never heard in in so many points of my life, a lot of young people taking psychiatric medicine. I'll I, I share y'all a conversation I had with my son. I said, so how's everything going for you? You know, um, hmm. I said, uh, how's your love life? He said, there is no love life. He said, a lot of the girls, all they do, they just Popping pills, taking medicine. I'm like, for real? And yeah. I'm like, wow. That's heartbreaking. And, you know, these are young people. I'm going to tell you, a lot of young people, it's not required for them. It's not required for them to take medicine. A lot of, a lot of times, we just prescribe and say doctors. Doctors or just prescribing medication to people when a lot of the medicine ain't even required. You know what would help a lot of these people? Somebody listen to them. For them just to get some of this stuff out. Just just get, what, what's, what's going on? What are, what are your thoughts? Well, well, but no, no, no. And look here. One of the things, the people that know me, like I said, did that work, their church, whatever, I don't care if you stutter. I don't care if you got to, you know, start over in your conversation. It's okay. It's okay. I want you to get it out. I want you to get into the practice of using your voice. And I'm not up here to grade you or to judge you. I want you to be able to be confident in your voice, for you to identify your voice and use it. So that's why it's so important 
for us to understand even, like I said, the music, the movies, what what's going on in our society. A lot of it, it, it has something to do with how they think. You know, like I said, when we were growing up, we heard some music, and it was just awesome. It was just free. But now talk about people talking about suicide and all this stuff. And now look at the results of what we're getting into. Look at the results of how culture is now. There's no there's no staying power. People easily give up. You know, they listen to you listen you listen to what they're listening to. Watch and look at some of these lyrics. Some of these some of these lyrics, some of these music, it's demonic. It's demonic. Suicide rate going up and a lot of the you know, drugs. A lot of them, they're experimenting in drugs and all that stuff. But look at what we're listening to. Look at what we're allowing them to listen to. Sometimes we as adults, and you can be saved, sanctified, filled with the Holy Ghost, and that was fine. That's fine and dandy. But sometimes it's good for you just sit down and listen to what your children are listening to. Sit down and listen to, you know, what your what your uh, nieces and nephews are listening to. You know, it's so important for us to be knowledgeable so that way we'll understand what we need to be praying for and also praying against. Also, for us to for us to be able to understand that, the other thing we have to look at, things that we can do to help reach out youth. One of the things, and I'm, I'm not going to say this in any order because it's like to me, all of them number one. <laughs> one of the things we have to do to reach our youth, we got to gain their trust. We got to gain their trust. So many young people, look here, they trust no one. Why? Because a lot of them, they've been hurt by everyone. So by them being hurt by everyone or some of the important ones, they trust no one. One of the things I found out, especially since I've been working in the jailhouse and everything, when a lot of them, when they have a, I'll put like this, when they don't respect history, they won't respect authority. When they don't respect history, they won't respect authority, meaning the history, meaning the seasoned people. It could be the parents. It can be the grandparents, but when they don't have respect for their foreparents or their parents, oftentimes it merges into respecting authority or lack of respect of authority. They don't respect authority. There are some of them, you know, it, it's, it's like they hate dealing with police officers. They don't deal with them. And so... All of a sudden, what happens? They don't like dealing with them. They don't want to fool with them because I resemble, excuse me, most of the time, I resemble their father. Me being a man, they looking at me and they look at, hmm, you ain't nobody, blah, 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 blah. And when you get to the root of their problem, they don't have a, they don't have a relationship with their own father something their father may have abandoned them or their father may have um, may have abused their mother 
they have ran off on their mother and the children. And so, and also, being honest with you, some of them, not only they don't respect, they don't respect the parents, they don't respect authority pertaining to law enforcers, they don't even respect the authority within the church. Some of them, and I hate to say it like this, but some of them have ran into some bad representatives of Christ. Now, I'm not saying all people that's been in church or pastors or leaders are bad or all wrong. No, no, that's foolish to even say that. Not everybody's bad. But there have been some false, there have been some bad representatives within the church. There have been some bad representatives within law enforcement. So even though there may have been some quote unquote bad apples, a lot of times those bad apples in the youth mindset represents everybody. And so now, matter of fact, you've heard this where a young lady may have been hurt by a man and now she don't trust no man. But she, all men and dogs, you've heard that. So if young ladies feel that way, imagine the young people. So we tell them, hey, hey, you know, you need to respect the pastor. You need to respect them. But you, are you respecting those people that you say all men are dogs? Well, if you say all men are dogs, then you have to understand they may say all people behind the pulpit are bad. Or all people that's in law enforcement bad. So this is something we have to look at and just be, look, this is conversation that we have to have with these young people. And if you look at it, having these kind of conversations, it builds trust. It builds knowledge, not just of us knowing who they are, but helping them to understand who we are. And once we build that trust, then they end up respecting us. Look here, there have been times they may not have, they may have not liked us, but they respect us. They take the time. But what we have to do, we have to be the one to go to them. Sometimes we got to be the one to go to them. Now, they, in the beginning, they may not talk like us. They may not look like us, carry themselves like us. But if you look at it, Christ did the same thing. He went to those who were considered the outcasts. But if Christ did that to those that were the outcasts to bring them in, how are we expecting them to know Christ when we never introduced them to Christ? All we're doing, we're just pushing them away. We don't go to them. And we can't wait for them to come to us. We got to go to them. Hmm. Something to think about. And so what we have to do, we have to gain their trust. But also in gaining their trust, something we got to do, it sounds so simple, but we don't do it. We need to be honest and be transparent. One of the things I'm, I'm, I'm a firm believer in, one of the things we got to stop with these subliminal messages. We just got to say it how it is and talk, communicate. Like I said, when you're transparent, that's when people can get to trust you. But as long as you, well, you know, kind of dogging the dotting, that, that causes some concern. Is this person being deceptive? But when the person is honest, 
you can deal with them. You know, I'll, I'll share this with you. Uh, I have a um, I have a pulmonologist. A pulmonologist is a lung doctor. And when I had COVID back in 2020, I was calling people, calling, looking for a pulmonologist. Matter of fact, I'm going to get some water right quick. Thank you. I was listening, and um, I was calling different pulmonologists, and at the time, like I said, I had COVID. So a lot of them were not taking inpatients, especially, you know, who had COVID. And so because of technology, some of them would allow video chats. And so some of them, they wouldn't take a new patients and all this stuff. So I met this one doctor, and uh, she video chatted with me. And I began to ask her questions. And you know what she said? She said, um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know, but um, we're going to find out together. I said, you know what? I said, I wanna, I'm going to hire you. That one right there, I, I hired her on the spot. Her name is Dr. Shockley. I, uh, I want to make sure I get it done right. Um, but I hired her and now love her. Matter of fact, I got a schedule going up to visit her. But the thing is, just being honest, when you don't know, you don't know. But being willing to know. If you don't know something, admit you don't know. But what we're going to do, you gave me a homework assignment. This That was one of the things that she said. I don't know, but I'm going to find out. And she got back with me when she found out. Oh, and so stuff like that, that's what made me, that's what made me uh, choose to be with her. And I said, you know what? Yes, I'm going to I'm gonna deal with her. Because some of these other people, uh-uh, no, I can't, I can't deal with them because some of them, they be lying. Oh, Dr. Shockwell, that's her name, Dr. Shockwell. She's in the Dallas area, Baylor Hospital. If y'all go to see her or if y'all want to um, uh, sign, sign up and uh, have her to be your doctor, tell her brother pray to send you. She not. I've seen many people that area that way. Dr. Shockwell, Dr. Shockwell, love her dearly. Matter of fact, I may even see if I can have her on the show one day. But because of her transparency, she gained my trust, and she was willing. She was willing to learn. She was willing to find out these questions for me, and come. Back. She came back and told me. She, like I said, she gained my she gained my trust by being honest. But then also, she got back with me. She was reliable. She was dependable. You know, she was consistent in communicating with me. And when I when I was out all them all them weeks, she look, she contacted me and she knew I couldn't talk. She would text me. All these things. So she gained my trust. So with that, we have to be honest with these young people. We gotta gain their trust. We gotta do our part in reaching them. We gotta understand and when we're dealing with them, some of them, they may have a wall. We don't know what they're dealing with. And so some of them, if you be honest, some of them, they may be dealing with so much more than what we're dealing with or what we dealt with. So we got to be honest. Also, we have to listen to them. We have to let people, and this is not just young people, this is people 
overall. We have to allow people to feel heard. We need to listen with intent of understanding. Understand it from their point of view. That doesn't mean that it's right, but understand what was the thought process of coming up with that decision. And then we can help you to correct these things. What is their thought process? Look, like I said, you know what you want to say, but did you just did you understand what they just said to you? Or were you just focusing on what you want to say in your point? Like I said, we have to allow people to be heard, feel heard. Also, being able to not just feel heard, but also to let them know that their voice matters. Their voice matters and for them to use their voice. Help them to understand that their voice matters. Like I said, regardless of how long it takes for them to get it out, look, let them know, hey, you're there. You're there to listen to them. Listen with the intent of understanding. Also, let them know it's going to be all right. No matter what, it's going to be all right. Also, what we have to understand, especially this day and time, we got to help these people understand the value of their life and purpose. Some of these young people, they ain't afraid to die. You know why? Because they don't know what living is. They feel like a lot of times, well, once I'm dead, it's done. We have not talked to them about the afterlife. We have not talked to them about God. We are are telling them, but are we showing them? Are we really taking the time to explain to them the value of life? Some of these young kids, all they think is just like on a game. You see a game, you see somebody shooting, the character falls dead. That's it. But these are people, these are people, when you end up robbing somebody or that terminology, oh, I made him go to sleep. Not understanding, to you, that might have been an enemy. But to a father, that was somebody's son. To a father, that was his son. Or to a son, that was his father. That was that girl's mother. That was that lady's daughter. Everybody is valuable. And so the worst thing you can do is end up doing something that you end up regretting. Not understanding that when you hurt somebody, when you kill somebody, that's a permanent decision that you've made. And understanding when you go to jail, your life could be on the line. When you hurt someone, you hurt their family and your family. You have to understand it's so important for you to understand that decision-making could be very costly. So you have to understand about purpose, about life. First of all, God gave life to them, not you. And so if you didn't give it, you can't take it. Life is valuable. And also what we have to do, we have to talk to the children about problem solving, about de-escalating conflict. 
It doesn't make you less than a man or less than a woman to walk away from someone they're trying to fight. You don't have to. Now, there's one thing of defending yourself. We're not talking about that. We're talking about where just because somebody look at you, oh, gee, oh they looking at me. It ain't even called to them. We have to be able to de-escalate the situation. You need to walk away. Look, if somebody looking at you, hey, look at that as a blessing. Well, well, they were talking about me. I got to defend myself. No, you don't. You got to understand where you put your focus in is where you put your value in. So are you going to add value to the opinion of others, or are you going to add value to yourself and continue to work on the purpose of plan God has for you? See, and also understand that when these people are trying to bring these distractions to you, they are distractions. What if the devil is allowing that distraction to try to make you miss what God has for you? What if the devil tried to bring these distractions to throw you off? What if? Something to think about. So the other thing we have to look at, we have to look at, the, like I said, about the value of life and also purpose. God has given each and every one of us at least one gift. God has given each and every one of us at least one gift, and it's up to us to be able to pursue that and also as parents to consult God and asking him to reveal what he has invested into our children so we can raise them up to be the productive citizens and potential daughter or potential wife or a husband to somebody else's child. But like I said, these gifts called children that God has given us, he has given us the responsibility of rearing them, of raising them, and he wants to give us the proper way to raise them, the specific instructions to raise them for the building up of his kingdom and glory. Also, what we have to do, we have to change their perspective about life, love, and themselves. First of all, love is more than just a physical thing. Now, we we often hear the word, uh, the terminology, love is action. That's true. Love is an action word. But love and making love are two different things. You can't make love to make somebody love you. I hope you caught that. You can't make love to make someone love you. Understanding that when we have sex with someone, you can't make them love you. Understanding you are a valuable prize and your body and your sex is not the entry-level position for them to know you. No, that's the end game. That's after marriage, and then the reward is that. Or think about this, the prize is that. When it comes down to any type of sport, you never get a prize before the game. You get it after the game is over with. 
So when it comes down to your body, not everybody should have access to seeing your body or knowing your body because they will not respect you the way that you are entitled to be respected. Let's be honest. You holding yourself and keeping yourself in the appropriate time, God will lead you as a lady. God will God will have that man that's going to respect you, love you, give you the chivalry and all these things, going to respect you, take personal interest in you, and marry you, get you down to the altar and marry you. And then let the gift of what God has ordained for marriage, sex, you know, for y'all to enjoy. That's a benefit from God that he want to give. That's a gift from God to married couples, mature married couples. But not everybody, like I said, not everybody is mature enough to know you, not even just physically, but mentally, emotionally. That's something you have to think about. So I mentioned life, love. You know, there's been times where love has hurt it. And the reason why love had hurt it, it wasn't so much a love, but it's a person that we chose to love. We chose to love them. The person that we chose to love. Sometimes when you choose the wrong one, by when you choose the wrong one, the end result is hurt. Because we chose the wrong one. But if we get the right one, then it won't be hurt. It will be help. That's why God has provided a helpmate for us. But God does not want us to get a hurtmate. Because if we get someone that God did not intend, they will not be a helpmate. They will be a hurtmate. They will hurt us or bring or, or drag us down. God doesn't want that for us. And so as adults, it's very, it's very, very, very important for us to use wisdom and not just uh, in our dating, but even making sure to understand that a lot of the children, they're dealing with the problem because of the choices of the adults. So we as adults, we got to be more responsible in who we sleep with. Let's be honest. We got to be responsible for our responsibility of being an example. The children should not be seeing their parents drunk and all that stuff or the mothers having different men come in every night. And the kids got to ask, hey, are you our new daddy? No, come on now. Come on now. So it's so important for us to make these decisions that's going to help our children help us. So I mentioned about life, I mentioned about love, but also themselves. Don't you know, for those who may be watching, you have to understand that you are made in God's image and likeness. Now, oftentimes we don't have these kind of conversations with the young people because we talk to them in the verbiage that they don't understand. So there's a disconnect. What I found out, a lot of times, it's not a generational gap. It's not a generational gap that's a problem. 
what I found that it's not a generational gap. It's a cultural gap. They don't know our culture. We don't know their culture. If you look in the Bible, before the disciples went out to minister somewhere or the ministers went to go minister somewhere, what did they do? They took the time to examine where they were going. They wanted to learn the economy. They wanted to learn the verbiage. They want to understand the culture. So that way they can actually properly minister and be effective. Well, the Bible has a great model of us being able to reach the youth. But oftentimes we don't do that. We don't do it. So that's why God wanted us as adults to get back to the Bible and do things his way. They're like he look here. You didn't see Jesus coming to people. See, thus that was deep to this day. And brother stop talking over their head. Uh uh-uh. He talked to them and said some things that they can understand. That's what we need to do. You know? And not be prideful and not have an ego to try to impress. No. The most important thing is being effective in the purpose of plan that God has for you to do as adults. And that's to reach these young people. You know? So as we get ready to wrap it up, um, learning about themselves. They have to understand that they are valuable, they are worth. One of the things I always say that really caught my attention, we are the apple of God's eye. Apple is not talking about the fruit that you eat. It's talking about the pupil. It's a metaphor of meaning the pupil. So if we look into the word pupil, it means little dog or little man. So in other words, what happens is when you look into somebody's pupil, you see a little dog or a little man being, you see them. You see a an image of them. You see an image of yourself in their eyes. You see an image of themselves in your eyes. And also when people look into your eyes, they see an image of themselves in your eyes. That's where the terminology of little doll or little man comes from. So in other words, when God looks into our eyes, he sees an image of himself. And when we look into the eyes of God, we see an image of ourselves in God's eyes. We are valuable. The Bible tells us that he knew us while we were getting our mother's womb. We were handcrafted. Each one of us, even twins, have different identities. There are different traits that we all have that make us unique. And I don't care who you are. Nobody can be a better version of you. Every one of us are important. Every one of us, from the smallest to the tallest. For those who may feel like they're inadequate. No, 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 no. You may not be important to some people, but in the eyesight of God and also in the eyesight of others, you are important. You are important. So it's no need for you to give up on life. Even if, matter of fact, I was uh, working uh, working in the jail. I was sent out to the hospital, and I went to the uh, psychiatric ward, and there was a young lady. She was a young girl. She tried to commit suicide. And the reason why she committed tried to commit suicide because she was tired of hurting. And I'm not talking mm-hmm. about, oh, she had some type of terminal illness. Or no. This girl 
she didn't she didn't want any pain. I'm like, really? It might have been like a toothache or maybe an arm hurt, or whatever. I'm like, come on, no. That this is gonna pass. You can't make a permanent decision in a temporary condition. No. So the other thing I I wanna I wanna go back on one of my notes I didn't put down. But what we have to do, uh, this is a little extra, we got to help the young people as adults. We got to help the young people to understand that not everyone will always listen or agree, but we have to help them to not take those rejections personal. We have to help them to understand that just because someone may not, or someone may turn you down or even reject you, that could be a good thing. Matter of fact, that was uh, one of the songs I often think about is Garth Brooks. Some of God's greatest gifts are unanswered prayers. And so with that, just because someone rejects you does not mean that you will get rejection all the time. See, for you to be with the right one, you have to be rejected by the wrong one. I'm I'm going to have to write that one down later. In order for you to be found by the right one or be captured by the right one, you have to be refused. You have to be rejected by the wrong one. Let that marinate into your spirit. Think about it. Um, Matter of fact, Fantasia. Fantasia won American Idol years ago. And from the very beginning, they were like, oh, yeah, this girl got funk. She has to win. Ruben Studdy. He had to win. But, and and also, Kelly Clarkson, she had to win. If you look at each one of them, they won, and there were some that might have been, you know, qualified too. But some of them that were not as qualified had to lose in order for the main one to win. So, in other words, they can't be two number ones. And so, with you... Sometimes God would allow you to be rejected for you to go ahead and get that out the way for you to be able to hurry up and get the right one for you to be treated right, to be loved right, be respected, and be valued. Something to think about. Also, the other thing is we have to support our youth and help them navigate their path the path that God has intended for them. You know, I mentioned earlier, you know, train up a child and where they should go. Also, what we have to do, we have to mentor. We we got to think about mentorship. We have to think about mentorship to tend to our youth. We have to get involved in the things. We have to get involved and also get them involved into our world. Get them to understand that we're human. You know, we're not like plastic man. We have a life. We 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 have you know fun <laughs> just like them. But it's healthy fun. Not no extreme, you know. We know how to live. You know? So allow them to be in our world. Introduce them to our world. And I feel like that's very important so that way they can understand what real living really is. 
So, with that being said, I want each and every one of the young people to understand that, you know, right now there's a lot of things that may be a lot of peer pressure, but you don't have to succumb to that. You have to understand that you're more valuable than you realize. And you have to understand who, how, value, how valuable you are in the eyesight of those that love you and also for you to be able to even just, look, get this, being able to just start talking to God. You don't have to have the proper verbiage. Open up and just talk. Just like how you might be talking to a friend. Don't you know God want to talk to you? God wants to have a relationship. God wants to have a rapport with you. God wants to have a relationship and a rapport with us, and not just the older people, but the young folks. Don't you know, God loves you enough where he sometimes will even talk to you while you sleep. You know, you might be thinking, oh, I don't know what, I don't know what's going on. Oh, I have this crazy thought. No, that may be God giving you a spiritual text message giving you a spiritual Instagram, a, a spiritual DM, God may be going to your quote-unquote instant messenger. He may be depositing some things to talk to you because he want to talk to you. He want to communicate with you, not just for him to talk to you to tell you something, but, most, but also to hear from you. He want to have an open dialogue with you. Not just a one-sided communication. He wants to have some dialogue with you. Not just for you to know who you are, but for you to know who he is and also for you to know who you are in him. This is young or old. So that's why it's so important for us to really dive into the relationship with God. You don't have to wait till you get old and all this stuff to enjoy living. No, especially a saved life. A good Christian like, oh no, it ain't hard. To be honest with you, it's actually it's actually fun. And you think about, you know, having a relationship with God and God has your best interest at heart where God will withhold no good thing from you. But also God will withhold all bad things from you. <laughs> think about it. He will withhold no good thing from you, but he wanna protect you from those bad things that may be toxic or harmful to you. And we love a God, we serve a God that loves you enough. He loves you way before, way beyond and before you love yourself. Something to think about. So as we get ready to pray, you know your needs, you know your concerns, we want you to give every problem over to God. The Bible tells us, cast all of our cares upon him. For he cares for us. He loves us. He's com- he, look, he's committed to the backslider. And even for those who may have made some decisions in their life who might have been regretful, God can forgive you. God wants to forgive you. But also God wants you to forgive yourself. So that's why it's so important for us to give ourselves over to God completely. God has everything lined up for us. Only he can reveal. So instead of us trying to figure it out, how about we just go to him and talk to him? It's simple. So as we get ready to pray, we're going to go and give it to God. And like I said, for those who may be who may not be saved, Romans 10 and 9 tells us that thou shalt confess the Lord Jesus Christ as thy Savior and believe in the heart that God will raise him from the dead. Thou shalt be saved. 
For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Understand that there's nothing too hard for God. You understand God is right here waiting for you. We have the power to be coming to you right now. We thank you, Lord, for your awfulness. We come to you right now, God, we acknowledge your presence, Lord, today. We come to you right now, God, ask God, first of all, God, to forgive us, God, if there's anything that we might have said, done, thought, felt that was unlike you, God. Ask you, God, to forgive us, God, cleanse us and make us whole. So, God, we thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, and we receive your forgiveness. God, we come to you right now, God, telling you, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything that you've done, but most importantly, everything that you are. God, you have not given up on us, God. And so, God, we thank you, Lord, for having our best interest at heart. And, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for even just not giving up on us, God, even when we felt like we wanted to give up on ourselves, God. You were yet committed to us, God. And so, God, we thank you right now, God. God, right now, God, we speaking right now, God. We hold up every youth right now, God. Those who may be under the sound of my voice, God, even those who may be represented by those who may be listening right now, God. God, we speaking right now, God, that you help them right now, God, to know you, God, in a personal way, God, to know you, God, and to, to seek counsel in you right now, to seek protection in you, God, to seek identity in you right now, God, in the name of Jesus. God, we speaking right now, God. The devil is trying to destroy our youth people. So, God, we speaking, God, that you help them to understand how valuable they are, God, the purpose that you have for them, God, the intent that you have for them right now, God. God, we speaking, God, that you put a guard and put a, a, a protection around them, God. Protect their hearts, God. Protect their minds, God. Protect their integrity, God. Protect their heart right now, God. In the name of Jesus, protect their soul right now, God. In the name of Jesus, we bind everything the devil stands for. We counsel the devil's assignment right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for revealing the purpose of plan you have for them, God. God, we speak, God, that you reveal, God, the identity, God, your identity, and most of, and also, God, their identity in you right now. In the name of Jesus, God, there are some, God, who may feel like God. Uh, Giving up, God. We bind the spirit of suicidal thoughts right now. We bind like we bind the spirit of cutting. We bind the spirit of even pornography or alcoholism and promiscuous relationships that they're trying to seek for, God. Help them, God, to seek you right now in the name of Jesus. And, Lord, we speak, God, that you help us as believers, as adults, God. Be the example, God, that's going to draw the youth to you right now, God. God, we ask God to forgive us, God. If we have misrepresented you, God, forgive us, God. And, God, we even not only ask you to to forgive us, God, but we even apologize to the young people. And we have cast them out. And we have cast them away. And we have said things or done things that were unbecoming of you. So, God, we ask you, God, to forgive us right now, God. And so, God, we ask you to help the young people, God to know you in a personal way, God. But, God, we also asking you, God, to help us as adults, God, to know you, God, to be respectful, God, of you and also to give called children right now, God. God, we know, God, that you will even speak through the mouth of babes, God. So, God, we speaking, God, that you help us, God, to identify right now, God, your, the, the, the gifts that you have given us as children right now, God. So, God, we even ask God to help us, God, uh, those who may be seeking employment, God, guide them where they need to be at, God. Those who may uh, um, may have had negative thoughts, negative words said to them, filter that stuff out of their minds, out of their hearts, out of their spirit, man, right now. In the name of Jesus, and Lord, we even speak it right now, God, those who need comfort in God. 
touch the bereaved family, God. Comfort them right now in the name of Jesus. Be with them right now, God. God, we're speaking, God, that you bring the families closer together right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we're speaking, God, that you help every church right now, God, to be about your business, God, to bridging, God, to bringing in the youth, God, to help them to understand who you are, God, and helping them to understand, God, that you are concerned about them, God, in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, for everything you've done right now, everything you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. We say amen, amen, amen. I thank each and every one of y'all who tuned in. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, my name is Brother Prater, B-R-O-T-H-E-R, Prater, P as in Paul, R-A-T as in Tom, E-R. Um, you can catch me on Facebook. Um, I have my content on Facebook. Um, also on Facebook, you can see my daily devotions, uh, videos, and also um, on my website at brotherprater.com. Uh, you'll see my daily devotion in videos. Also, you'll see a calendar that shows my personal appearances. Also, for those who are interested, you can go to the store section of my book, excuse me, store section of my website, where you can purchase my book, A Few Good Men, A Path to God of Fatherhood. A Few Good Men was written to inform men, their niece, and their responsibility toward their children, their family, even their children's mother. Also, it's talking to the ladies, too. To help them to understand the qualities of a potential future husband and or present or future children. Also, the next book, The Girl Who Was a Brother Keeper, The Love of Young Life, is detailing um, the relationship between my sister and I, Sheila Prater. Uh, she was killed in a domestic violence relationship. But also, this is even a ministerial tool, too, because oftentimes in relationships, we talk about relationships with in dating, or even within friendship, but we very seldom talk about relationship between siblings. So this is something I wanted to give a tribute to my sister, and also she knew how much I loved her before she passed. So um, uh, this is an honor uh, for me to talk about her. But uh, I thank each and every one who tuned in, and I pray that you all have a great, great night, and thank you for listening to Reconnect My Heart podcast. God bless you, and good night. I'm excited to be here.